right, welcome to This Is Life. You know, I, guys, I hope you've had an incredible summer. Uh, it's, it's definitely been eventful, a lot more than I anticipated. You know, one thing about summer is it always seems like it goes very, very quickly. I'm not a fan, uh, personally, of winter or fall. And of course, you're like, well, Sean, why do you live in Kansas? Well, that's just kind of how I ended up, I guess. I just <laughs> end up in the middle of the country. And that's good for a lot of things. The the, the cost of living is, is inexpensive. The uh, You know, we have the most, some of the most beautiful sunsets ever. I mean, it's it's really, it's you can travel anywhere within a, you know, with a short amount of time and, and to ease, ease of access. But yeah, it just definitely gets super, super cold. And so definitely not looking forward to that but hey you know it is what it is i'll get through it i promise you especially with you guys listening we'll just do this together you can hear all my complaining all winter long uh all right guys so a couple things before we get before we kind of talk about what we're going to be discussing today uh make sure you head over to this is life pod um on Twitter. Uh, also, if you wouldn't mind, do me a favor, head over to iTunes or your favorite uh, podcast app so, so you can listen to us on anything. Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, uh, all sorts of different apps and follow us, subscribe. If you really want to be awesome, head on over and actually, if you can do like a review, at the very least, click a five star or whatever you're comfortable with. If I'm not worth a five star, maybe a four star? Maybe? Hey, whatever you can do, I'd really, really appreciate it. That kind of helps us to amplify and get more of the word out to as many people as possible that uh, we do exist. All right, so as you guys know, this, this is life you've been listening for a while. You know, it's really important to me to allow this to be an opportunity and an option for anybody to come in here. And I am very excited because today uh, I get to I get to say that I've known this person for literally her entire life. Yes, we'll be talking to, uh, to, to, to her name is Erin. Hello, Erin. Hi. All right. <laughs> uh, it's really, really exciting because I've known her for, since her whole life, and I've seen her uh, grow up. Uh, her parents are good friends of mine. I've actually worked with her mom for years and eons. And, uh, you know, her mom, uh, we know, was about my age, I think. So it, was, it was 40, or give or take, when she found out she was pregnant with Aaron. And, of course, you know, that was, it's, it was considered a high-risk pregnancy, whatever. But at the same time, they were excited. They just knew that God was, you know, was going to bring this bundle of joy. And probably as Aaron grew up, it brought him a lot more than just joy. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I've been able to see her really grow up. And just, she's just, you know, just a real ball of fire and is always engaging and has something to say, something on her heart. And she actually just literally like walked into the office here. And I was like, you know what? What do you think about just having to sit down and just, just talking with me? Well, let's just kind of have a conversation and we'll put it on tape. And if it goes somewhere cool, if not, then no big deal but i think it's important just for people to hear what you have to say i, I really believe that i truly believe that aaron that everybody has a story i believe that everybody has something in their heart that's important to them and i think that we as, a, as mankind we're, we're not doing ourselves any favors by not listening one to another i think that's one of the problems of why society is so divisive and seems to be like we're constantly fighting it's because we're not listening we're more interested in, in proclaiming our own agenda and our own selves and our own you know band and our own way of thinking that we completely neglect the beauty of human and mankind and that's just to get to know one another so without that said just kind of just kind of if you share with me one of the questions i'm going to be asking a lot of people and i know this is kind of a loaded question and if you need a moment to kind of think about it that's fine but there's five words i want to ask you and i'm going to ask a lot of our future guests is what is important to you so if someone were to say i'm going to give you the keys to accomplish and do anything in this world and i'm going to give you the tools the 
the money, the resources, the the the, the support system, the you know the, the, everything you need to, to to succeed in accomplishing this. What would it be? I know that's kind of a heavy question. Um, it's actually a good question. Uh, yeah, uh, it is, yeah. I would say the top thing is uh, just make sure you're taking care of yourself. Like put yourself first in everything. Okay. Because that's the only way that you're actually going to believe that you can succeed in it. Is if you put yourself first and like you believe in yourself first. And then you really just go from there. You mean like as far as like confidence or? Um, not really just that. Like, yeah, confidence is really good. But like you have to learn how to love yourself in order to like take things and be able to know that you could succeed or like work on certain things, certain areas. You have to make sure that you're like right with yourself first. Mm. Because if you're not, you're really going to struggle and you won't know why really. No, that's actually a really good point. I think, you know, when we're discussing and and the, the, the listeners have probably heard me time and time again, but I, I can't stop saying it because it's so valuable and so important that the Bible tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And you're right. If we don't know how to love ourselves, we will have zero understanding on how to love others. Uh, has, has it? As, 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 does, has that come naturally to you? Do you find that you're able to love yourself or do you struggle with that? Um, I struggled with it for a really long time. Um, now is probably the best I've ever been in a long time. And I see myself like now that I've learned how to love myself and put myself first and make sure that I'm taking care of myself. I've noticed that it's improved my relationships with people because now I know how to better be there for someone and to give them encouragement now that I know how to pick myself up. Like I'm not so down about myself and focused on what's wrong with me. I can now invest myself and focus on what's wrong with other people and like try to get them to help, you know, like help them to pick themselves up and love themselves first. Because if you, if you don't love yourself first, you can't learn how to love other people. What is it? What what did kind of explain to me what you said? Because you said something there about how there was a time, you know, where you didn't love yourself. Like, like, what does that mean? Like, I I think it's, I think you're right. I think we go through this life and we see countless faces, people going through all sorts of ups and downs and obstacles and, 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 you know, like, just like I believe everybody has a story, everybody's constantly going through something either good or bad. Mm-hmm. And there, we probably see people every single day that struggled to even get out of bed because they couldn't even face themselves in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Like, has it ever been that bad for you? Or? Um, yeah. Lots of times. Yeah. I, mean, I was, I've been at my lowest like several times, but I'm like, and you're not that I mean, old. Even, you're, I mean, you're, yeah, you're, you're like 18, I just right? turned, I, mean, I just turned 19 right. and, um, June, I would say has been, uh, a year since like, I didn't ever think I would be sitting here today talking to you. Like, I didn't think I would still be here. Like a year you mean ago. physically, physically be here a year ago. I did wow. not see it. And now that I'm here, I, I can't like, I, I don't know how I did it. Um, Are you going to have to unpack that for me? That's a huge (laughs) statement. I mean, because I mean, I I just have known you for a long time. I never even knew that that was a part of your heart and a part of who you were. Not a lot of people did. Right. uh, Because I, I was so like, I don't want to bother anyone with my problems because I always felt like me bringing my problems to other people, like, because I didn't know what to do with them. um, I just felt like the, the, the reaction that I would get from people when I tried to do that was either they weren't as invested as I was, uh, they didn't care as much, or they just seemed annoyed or off-put, or when people really don't know how to respond to the things that I say, I just take it as 
well, no one can help me because it's so big of an issue. So I keep it to myself and I bottle it up. And then I bend over backwards trying to help other people because I would hate for them to be in the position that I am. And I don't ever want to see someone as low as I was for so long that I just stopped caring about my own issues and just keep bottling everything up. And then it just kept getting worse and worse from there. And describe to me, I don't know, you don't understand. This is completely open to your heart. I mean, mm-hmm. you can share however you, however you feel. And it may even, you know, there may be somebody listening who's relating, but like, yeah, she's mm-hmm. talking just like, me i'm think i understand i'm right there where she was at that point describe to me what when you say the lowest part of your life like a year ago when you were truly thinking i i'm not gonna be around in front of the year like describe what that means like did you were you was it like was it depression was it was it just you didn't want to get out of bed was it you didn't want you weren't around friends or i mean just kind of just talk to me like what that kind of looks like and and then we'll discuss how you kind of climbed out of it um so like yeah it was like really bad depression and like it was a point where mom and dad would always get mad at me because I was just in bed all day like I wasn't eating um I was just sleeping all the time I would go to work and then have like anxiety attacks and have to leave Mm. like just because I could be on my break and like cry like my whole break and have an anxiety attack and like can't breathe and then when it's time for me to go back up to the register and like do my job like I just couldn't stop having an attack. So I wow. like had to tell my manager, like, hey, I can't do this. I have to go home. And then I would just go home and just sleep all the time. And it was um, like my parents had to have an intervention because my sister like told them that I like eventually I had to end up calling like a suicide hotline more than one time. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I like started doing like self-harm and stuff wow and yeah it was really bad i think that's the thing about that is it's like especially for somebody you know like myself who that's never been an issue and by by no means do i ever not feel compassion for people who have that compulsion Mm -hmm. because obviously nobody sits wakes up one day and be like hey i'm gonna start hurting myself i'm gonna start Mm -hmm. cutting or i'm gonna start you know banging Mm -hmm. my head against the wall whatever you know i'm not like what drives a person to do you think because I've heard before For that me. people say I just want to feel something I mean is it really that is it really that or is it something For deeper me, the physical pain took my mind off of the emotional pain just because wow. the emotional pain was so bad that you could like like my chest would always feel it like I just felt completely empty like my stomach just felt like my heart was just sitting there like my heart just did not feel like it was there like it was just in my gut and I just felt sick all the time and so for me the physical harm of it like the physical pain took my mind off of the emotional pain and it just kind of gave me something else to focus on and it kind of got my mind off of you know things that would eventually just make me like cry for hours at a time like cry myself to sleep and so like the physical but you said your parents didn't even know or they Mm -mm. i let it slip in a conversation once that i used to self-harm and like mom went crazy because she had no idea right and then they had no idea like i had to i actually had to fight them and like sit them down and tell them like hey i'm depressed like i need to see a doctor like it took me forever to finally get them to take me to a doctor and put me on like antidepressants and it was to a point where like I had done so many like um, experiments with different medications like they just weren't working for me they weren't working as well as I wanted them to they just really weren't helping and so I kind of got in that phase was like well I'm just gonna stop taking them if they don't work like it's pointless to keep having to try different things if none of it's going to work so what's the point of taking them and um, like I stopped going to my therapist because I feel like she wasn't really helping either I just was, was she really helping and maybe you were just, just was she truly not helping or was it you just didn't want to face it and see 
the way that she had worded my last session was like everything that I felt up until that point was basically my fault. And so I was like, well, what kind of person would tell me that? Like right. knowing the stuff that I'm going through, like, why would you say that? But looking at it now, I kind of see where she's coming from. So she kind of like she kind of had a like a good thing to say, but it wasn't the right thing to say at the moment. Like it wasn't. Or maybe could it be you weren't ready to accept it? Well, I feel like the situations that I've been since that session, I could see how it could be me giving, you know, people the power to you know, make me feel right. that way. Right. But at that point, I just didn't feel like that was the right time to say because it, it. It, it wasn't the right situation. Right. But looking at it now, it does apply. Right. And, and that's that's the thing is it could just be one of those things where, yes, maybe she could have worded things a little bit better. But at the same time, you may not have been at the point to where you were able to accept it as well. But that doesn't mean that it's any less valid or anything that is one of those things where you have to just kind of put it on the shelf and, and learn to accept. But I mean, kudos for you to even getting that far and even going to see therapists. Because I think mm -hmm. that have you ever known anybody like maybe a circle of friends or people because you've probably met similar people. In, in different ways I mean you know you're 19 years old you, you you know how to talk to people all over the planet more than most people my age you know in different ways and in different means have you ever met anybody who just can't come out of that depression and they maybe reached out to you now seeing that you have yourself um yeah uh, I've seen a lot of people and I I know two people in particular who I wish I would um, or at least hear me out when they needed right. to because you know, now they're no longer here and I wish I had been able to do something more. So you're no longer here, you mean that they've committed suicide? Or uh, they, yeah. Or they just, wow. I mean, I have a, a couple of friends that I actually, I actually had to leave work early a few weeks ago because one of my friends texted me, said she didn't want to do it anymore. And so I like left work and I got over there and I was like right in time and I was able to like talk her through it and I was able to like stay with her for a little while and I got her to you know feel better about herself and eventually like now she's doing a lot better. Well, let me ask you this. I, I want to talk here a little bit about how you were able to pull yourself out i mean and how you went from self-loathing to self-love i think that transition is powerful and we'll probably spend some time on that and i really want to because i think that'd be really helpful for somebody listening but tell me real quick why do you think you know your generation or maybe it's not maybe i'm being just a, over maybe i'm just kind of just reaching in reaching here but it really seems like your generation has a much more difficult time with depression with suicide it seems like the suicide rate is greater i mean when i graduated high school in the 90s i think maybe there was like one or two mm -hmm. you know people who i know but generally back in the day my our biggest problems with especially with with, with um dying as teenagers things like that was more like around like drunk driving mm -hmm. or you know abuse or something like that but it wasn't um suicide mm -hmm. and 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 would you would you say that that is a epidemic with your age group right now i would yeah I like why i guess why do you think that is like why do you think specifically um, your age group now in 2019 struggles so much with self-love and with depression and with eventual suicide like like kind of help me as an older person understand you know i kind of have mind. Uh, like 
two answers, I think. Uh, I think the first reason is like society now, like the generations now, like the younger ones are a lot more open and accepting of, you know, like sexual orientation and people coming out. Like it's a big deal for a lot of people because they felt like they didn't have, you know, the safety and comfort to do so. But there's still a lot of like judgmental people who absolutely hate the idea. So someone trying to come out, you know, they want to be proud of themselves and then, you know, someone comes along is like that's bad and like they say really mean things it just like tears a person down so i mean that's like part of it Mm -hmm. and then like i feel like the other part and no offense to the older generations is like a case in point with my mom and dad like i told them i was depressed and mom's first reaction was you have no reason to be depressed we hear that a lot it's like you're too young to be depressed you don't have a reason and it's like you don't know what's going on because you're not – and a lot of kids feel like their parents just aren't as invested in their feelings as they should be because it's like you come to them with a problem and it's like, oh, you shouldn't feel like that or you're dumb for feeling that way. And then it just kind of just tears you down mentally. So then you feel like mm-hmm. no one really cares. Do you think it could be a also uh, – I'm just reaching here. Do you think it could also be just a, a matter of just – overload i mean you're you uh, you know the generation now like from for example like like you don't you probably don't remember a time before cell phones right i remember a time before cell you phones. Remember a time before yeah cell, but do you but do you okay well do you remember a time even before texting oh yeah okay because you're so you but there's you have to understand there's people in your age group that don't right mm-hmm. my my point is this is that is it could be that i'm not trying to blame technology believe me i have I, i'm not i'm not the old you mm-hmm. know these kids and they're stinking mm-hmm. cell phones but what i'm saying is that it seems like there's so many more avenues for people to have have opinions about your life than there was when i was a it's teenager. a lot easier for you to receive hate online for sure that's like what that's you what reach I'm a larger at. audience right. putting your stuff online than you do in person because you don't know as many people in person like i have right. way more online friends than i do in real life like i have two See, that's in real life friends and on snapchat right. i have like 400 right. and i talk to a lot of people but i just i only know two of them do you think that that because people have this natural inclination when well, i'm online i can say do whatever i want without repercussions you know at least right for then their viewpoint Mm -hmm. that that allows then for a culture of uh, if you are not strong if you are not have like you do now have the confidence and the love in yourself that if you're struggling that you're you're more susceptible to to believe others opinions about you even though they may be false they may be Um, hurtful yeah i just feel like and like there's I mean, there's cases where someone puts something out there online because they they're screaming for help. And I've been one of those people. And um, I received a lot of like people like messaging me like, hey, what's going on? Can I help you? But then there's also just people that just don't care. And it's like if you have problems like that, don't put it online. And it's just like making, you know, makes people feel like okay, why nobody cares really. But it's like, if you don't want to receive comments like that, if you're really at a point, like you could be screaming for help, yeah. But if you're receiving the wrong attention that you wanted online, either don't listen to it or take the post down. Like don't keep posting about it if you're going to receive the same like negative comments that you're always getting because then it's just going to make it worse. Well, I think that's a natural inclination. I mean, like there's, you know, and this, this goes across all generational lines for some reason. I mean, we, it's not a bad thing to want attention. I mean, Mm -hmm. children, you know, as young as one, two, three, four years old, sometimes they'll even act out negatively just to get attention, you know, from Mm -hmm. their 
parents. And we really never get over that. I mean, I think that's why we have like blogs and, and YouTube videos and, and channels and all these things. And we check our notifications on the latest Instagram because it's it feels good to have some recognition from some, from the outside world. Uh, but you're right. It can get to the point of where we end up setting ourselves up for failure mm-hmm. when we are using it as something to try and justify or to try help us to feel loved or, you know, uh, accepted and we cry out and then all of a sudden we're, you know, faced with a negative con- a, a negative response and then we just keep feeding it over and over and over by fighting or back and forth. And it's worse now because I feel like the internet now, like it's it, even kids younger than me, it's crazy the stuff that they came up with. Like uh, there was a story um, like back in June, I think, and this girl had met up with her boyfriend. Um, they were going to a concert and then he murdered her in the car wow. and posted it on Discord, posted it on Instagram. And then like there was a large amount of people that were like, you know, like prayers for the family and stuff. They were being really positive about it and like like super sad. And then there was accounts on Instagram that were like taking pictures of the girl mm. and like making memes out of it, like making jokes out of it. And that's like, I don't understand that concept. Right. Like that's a, it, it's, it's just really weird to me, the stuff that they come up with now. Cause it's like, they'll take anything that goes on in your life and make a joke out of it. And yeah. it's not funny. It's really not like, there may be certain things that you can look back on and laugh. But like stuff like that was just like stuff like that shouldn't be put no, out there. That's not, no, question and it's at all. crazy to me that they that would they would even yeah, feel I don't, comfortable posting no. that. See, I think that's that's that right there. What you just mentioned, I mean, that is completely foreign to me. That I I mean, you hear that these things could be out there, but things. I mean, that's pretty abhorrent, and. I think that's why a lot of parents are like, oh, you have nothing to be depressed about. You know, mm-hmm. you have a good life. You have a roof, roof over your head. You got you got food in the pantry. You know, you have an Xbox. You, know, you got a cell phone in your pocket. You're you're doing okay. But what I think that pe- people my age, you know, parents of you know kids your age, we, we you know we just have become so disconnected in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and most of that's because we don't know how to relate. That we just kind of give up. And mm-hmm. I think that that that's a we we got to stop doing that. I think that, you know, I have a five or five year old and as long as I can, and so she's growing up, I want, you know, I'm not going to become like a helicopter parent, but I want to be involved in everything that she's mm-hmm. doing, you know, in a positive way. I want mm-hmm. her to continually feel like I like mom and dad are supportive that she can t- come and talk to us about literally anything. If it's ever a, a problem or complication or being bullied or being, you know, uh, talked to bad, to badly about school or online, you know, I, I, I want her to be able to know that she can always come and talk to me and, and mm-hmm. that I understand that it's definitely a different world, but that doesn't mean that I can't still help her and be there for her. Uh, let me ask you this in that same vein. What, if you were, if you were to talk to parents out there and, and it sounds like you, your parents did the right thing. They had the intervention. They said, we got to fix this. I mean, we're, we're tired of seeing you and depressed and we want to, you know, at first maybe they didn't, didn't know how to relate to it, but eventually it sounds like they kind of helped. They were part of the reason why, why you kind of came out of this. What would you say to parents? Like how, if, if, if they see their kids struggling, if they see their kids, you know, staying in bed all day or, or having anxiety attacks or maybe even has, um, you know, I, there's threats of suicide or whatever, you know, how in your mind, what is the best way that they can reach out to their child and say, hey, I'm here for you? Um, I would just examine you know, like I would just sit back and like examine the behavior you've shown your child 
say that you've Can shown your job yeah like okay. just think like could it be better like am i am i doing things that would hinder them from wanting to talk to me like even do like small things that show that you love them like you know like ask them if they want breakfast you know like if they're in bed all day like ask them like hey are you feeling okay do you want to talk about it like you have to at least be there to right. listen so you're saying that the worst thing they can do is, is ignore them yeah or the worst thing that you can do is like be upset with your child for being in bed all day because right. it couldn't just like it doesn't always have to be oh they're lazy like right. it could very well mean like they just don't have the motivation to get up and that's a very serious thing it's not just them feeling lazy and not motivated it's they're not motivated for another reason wow that's pretty heavy and that, that that's actually kind of a big wake-up call because i think if, if, if everybody has in their mind's eye you know especially when their children are young what they have dreams and visions for the child. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you find all of a sudden you're 14, 15, 16, maybe even 17, 18 year old child who you only have a limited amount of time left with and they are truly struggling, that it's really hard not to take that personal, you know, mm -hmm. because you're like, I've done everything I can to raise this child to be a productive member of society, but yet they just aren't present in, in life. There's, um, like, not to put any family member on blast but there was a point in time where um something very serious happened between me and an ex and it gave me ptsd and when i brought it to my parents um one of them just completely took my ex's side and that kind of put a wedge between us because it was like well i can no longer come to you about things because you're always going to play, oh, well, you didn't set this boundary or you didn't do this right. And it's not his fault that that happened when in reality it was. So it kind of put like a, a wedge between us and then they blamed themselves for for me not ever coming to them. Mm. And then they would always say like, well, I just feel like a, a t terrible parent. I feel like a horrible parent. And they would always just play like the victim game right. when in reality it was like, you feel that way because of the behavior that I reciprocated from that event. So it's like you have to kind of like examine how you take situations that are brought to you by your children. You have to be in their corner because if you mm, completely ignore good. anything that they bring to you, they will no longer trust you, parent or not. Even if it seems trivial. Yeah. Even if it seems... Uh, from left field, amazing, and that's that's so important. I'm glad you said that, because you're absolutely right. I, I think that it, you know, we, we we you know, it's easy to get distracted with our careers and with our, uh, you know, uh, just our bills and the things that are facing that we have to as parents face every single day. Make sure we get the mortgage paid. Make sure that we get you out of school on time. You know, make sure that we have, you know, every every family vacation lined up once a year so we can try and you know recoup as a family and you're right it would be really easy just to kind of shove everything else under the rug if it's something that i'm not comfortable with addressing mm -hmm. and none of those things matter if everybody's not together working for one unit and one of them and the whole family the families don't work when when there's somebody on the outside looking in mm -hmm. and that absolutely makes sense yeah that is really tough so so the, the families that you so you said you had some friends who just had a really hard time in pulling out and even didn't make it was that something that 
started to want you kind of to see the reality of where your depression was headed? Was that enough to jolt you out um, of where you were? Yeah. So uh, September, Micah. Right. Um, that was the big wake up call for me just yeah. because we grew up so close to each other. And I I took it way harder than I thought I would. For, for those who, who don't know, my, Micah is a is my best friend growing up. Uh, it, was, it was his son uh, who uh, took his own life. And um, we'll definitely there's no really need to get into the details of it other than that Micah and you grew up together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very close in age. And I did not even know that you guys were friends. I mean, I figured mm-hmm. you knew of each other because you guys grew up in vacation Bible schools and things like that when we were younger. But I was not aware that you guys were close. And that actually wasn't until after Micah's passing that I found that out. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so go ahead and go again. So it wasn't until when, when Micah passed away, how, how did that affect you? Like, what was the uh, awareness in your heart that was changed? Um, I just... Man, it was it was really the biggest wake up call for me because it was like hearing different stories from the kids that he went to school with. It was like no one even knew that he was in that state of mind. Like no one had any idea. Um, He was just he always had a smile on his face, was doing the best that he could. You know, like you would have never guessed looking his direction. And then it just happened and no one understood why. And um, it was a it was a big thing for me. because I I did feel that way. Like I would always, you know, bend over backwards to help other people. But like when it came to myself, I just did not give myself one ounce of attention for it. Like mm. I did not focus on myself at all. And then it happened and I saw I saw the way that, you know, the family responded. I saw the way that his friends responded. And I I saw the way that I responded. Wow. And it was just I couldn't imagine putting anyone through that. And so um, you mean like his family, just watching how, how yeah, just watching how things right. played out after it happened. Did you kind of like did you did you put yourself and your family in that position? Like was it was it hard not to like be like, wow, this is this is what my family and what my family's friends could look like, you know? If I and it almost it almost did, yeah, way before that even happened. And then it was like after it had happened, I like I sat down when I found out, like, because I was not able to leave my brother's side. Like mom right. and dad had me on suicide watch because they thought. I was going to do it after. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a pretty heavy question, and we can, and, and and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. I can even edit this part out. But did you ever attempt to commit suicide? Yes. Wow, you don't mind me putting that on here? No. Okay. Do you, can I kind of, if you wouldn't mind, share what that was like? Because I think that's, uh, not very people can say that. Not many people can say, like, yeah, I, I well, one time tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing, not, and I'm not trying to exploit you. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to exploit where you were. Mm-hmm. But what, what I would like to do, I think that's interesting, it's, it's, it's important for those listening to maybe, they don't even know that their son or daughter may be going through this, you know, same thing. And, you know, now is the time for them to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe by hearing your story, that's going to help them to address some, you know, so, 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 so I, I, you know, I, I basically to stop something from terrible happening. Mm-hmm. So if you would mind just kind of taking me back to that day or night or sequence or whatever, and just kind of what took you to that point and, 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 and I'm, 
first have to be very grateful. Like, you know, I'm glad that it didn't wasn't successful. Yeah, me too. You're right because it would have been absolutely. You're, you're, there's no question. Uh, it would have been. It would have been absolutely destroyed. Mm-hmm. It would, a, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know your mom. If way long before you were even born, you know, had had gone through uh, a, a terrible traumatic event, mm-hmm. and this would have been even ten times worse. Yeah. And so I kind of want to know what took you to that point, how to kind of describe the situation, and then um, what happened. I honestly, I kind of just blacked out when it happened. Like I, everything had been so bottled up for me, and it was just it was just small things, like one thing after another. It just seemed to happen though, and it was like one thing was worse than the last and then I couldn't really take it to anyone so I just kept it in and then uh, I don't really what remember what happened um, when I got to that point it just like it set everything off did it start with you'd mentioned earlier in the show about how you were doing self-harm did it start with self-harm and then all of a sudden it just gradually got worse until yeah. you blacked out okay gotcha. yeah and it, I just like my my mind went absolutely blank like i don't wow. i really don't remember everything that happened maybe that it was night. a shock I mean, yeah right. um i don't really remember like everything that happened i just remember like one thing happened and it set everything off as mm. like a chain reaction and i just didn't want to do it anymore i was just tired and then i i really don't did somebody find you um so i called my sister okay and then she kind of like talked me through it good and um i was able to like address you know my wounds and stuff and i was able to like get myself to calm down i went over to a friend's house and she her mom was a nurse and so um she was able to check in on me and i was like i really don't want to go to the hospital because i don't want my mom and dad to know and um so they were able to take care of me there Mm -hmm. and then um how long ago was this um i want to say it was june of last year okay June, kind of leaning towards July. Okay. But yeah. Uh, how, uh, I'm assuming your parents know this has, has happened by now. Yeah. How did they find out? Did you tell them or how, how, how was it revealed to them? Um, so when I called my sister, I told her, I was like, hey, I did this. Uh, don't tell mom and dad. I don't want them to know. And then, of course, my sister told them anyway. She told mom. Which is good. Yeah, I'm I glad she did. Glad. I was kind of mad because when I got home the next day, right. they were sitting in the, the living room and dad had a doctor's appointment scheduled and mom was supposed to come into work. And they were both sitting on the living room couch when I got home. And I was like, what's going on? And they were like, we need you to sit down. And then they told me that my sister had told mom and they were like, we didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. And it just kind of went from there. Wow. And would you say that then coupled coupled with 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 Micah's passing in the fall, kind of now this transition and we've talked a lot about the heaviness. Now I'd like to kind of talk about how we got to where you are now, to where you're able to not only push in, in a side away, you know, the, the, the depression. And I'm, I'm not saying it's never going to be there. I think I think in a way that we always that that we especially if you've had to battle that before, it's always gonna be kind of lingering like a cloud, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's overtaking your life. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like anything in life that you, we have to work and press and push against, mm-hmm. because you understand that the fight against it is worth it, because you and you you're enjoying the happiness that you're living in now. And it takes a lot of self discipline. Yeah. 
to get through everything. Well, you said that yourself at the beginning, just about taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you first started thinking, I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about health and fitness. But (laughs) you're really talking about mental health. You're really Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, taking yourself, taking care of yourself mentally. And I think that's really important because when you think of taking care of yourself, those, those four words, most people truly, that's what they think. They think of going to the gym. They think of eating some more salads and cheeseburgers. They think of, you know, which all those things are good and those are important. But I think that we as a society don't put enough emphasis on taking care of our mental health. And what's crazy is that mental and physical health go hand in hand. Right. So like even last year, like I gained a lot of weight. Like I gained a lot of weight and not a lot of people would agree with me, but like where I was before and then how I ended up and and now looking now. Yeah. Now that I've like gotten better, I'm not near as, you know, Mm -hmm. like as big as I used to be. And like, I wasn't really that like big now that I think about it, but like when it happened, I was like, okay. Yeah. Like I I think also your brain is kind of makes things bigger than they are. And it makes it harder to like get motivated to do stuff if you're not in the right physical or like mental mind anyway. But they do go hand in hand. No, there's no question. I mean, they say that one of the biggest, biggest cures for depression is to is to take a walk. Mm-hmm. Or even just feeling like kind of a blah, just get out there and, you know, and, and just get breathe in the fresh air and, mm-hmm. you know, do that kind of deal. There's no question that. Okay, so so kind of take me then. I, I want to hear about the transition. I want to hear about, you know, when you had the aha moment. And maybe it wasn't just one moment. Maybe it just was a series of several. Maybe it, mm-hmm. it coupled with the old crap moment. I just about killed myself. Mm-hmm. That was number one. Mm-hmm. And then you had the intervention with your parents saying, we got to get you help. We got to get you, mm-hmm. you know, to see somebody. And then that happened. And then all of a sudden you start to see, uh, you know, your friends go through depression. You even had one, you know, close one to commit suicide. Seeing his family and his friends being destroyed by that. Mm-hmm. So kind of taking me to where now, that was what last fall, between last fall and now, where where have you come? How how what are some other marks in your life that has helped you to now be strong and confident in who you are? Um. So when the Micah thing happened, um, when I found out, I just kind of sat down and um, it took me a while to like gather my composure really. Um, but I kind of just like sat there in a. I was talking like I was talking to him, like I just sat in a in a corner mm-hmm. and, and I was just like and I made a promise to him and I promised him that for the both of us because Loa read me the note and Loa being his grandmother, right. Mm-hmm, she like the way that it sounded, not even the way that it sounded, the way that it was was he was in the same position that I felt. Mm. And I mean, you really would have never guessed. Right. But uh, so I made the promise that for the both of us that um, I wouldn't give up. You know, like it was it was really hard and I couldn't imagine that on him. I, I could barely imagine it on myself. Right. And I, I basically just promised I was like, hey, like I'm going to keep fighting for the both of us because one of us didn't make it out. And that's not fair. Right. Would you say that he's a victim even though he did it to himself, would you say that he's a victim? I'm not saying a victim like he was attacked or put against, but I'm saying it's just a victim of the circumstance where, and I'm definitely not a victim for his family. I know his family; they love him more than mm-hmm. life itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew. I was like I said, I was best friends with his with his dad. I mean, and nobody loved that boy more than his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. We, we have to understand that. And when I, I say the victims has such a bad connotation to it, like this is, I'm not saying that somebody comes against him. I'm saying as much as it's just that 
it's, it's almost like we're driven by circumstance mm-hmm. to these to, to these kind of feelings and emotions for sure um and i know a lot of people that like if you tell them a situation it was like oh that's bad but I went through this and you really can't you can't measure someone's pain according to your own because everyone handles it differently. So I would definitely say that he was a victim of circumstance just because, you know, we don't know everything that happened to him and we don't know. how. And we don't know what his life it. was like mm-hmm. and, 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 and all those kind of things. I mean, you're, you know, you're right. We don't know what affected him to make that decision. And that's like kind of the whole point is that we uh, we have to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to know our own limitations. Mm-hmm. We have to know, you know, when like, for example, like, you know, a, a similar, uh, different, but similar. You know, I have my own battles with my own anxiety, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I, I can at least count two times that i've gone to the hospital thinking i'm having a heart attack when in reality it was just a it was a panic attack it was just mm-hmm. a matter of me just becoming completely overwhelmed I had a lot of stress going on a lot of pressure on myself and i just needed some sort of you know reason to 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 to, to, to i needed i needed a reason with myself that if i'm feeling this way it's because i'm having a, a heart attack there has to be some kind of reason why my brain and my heart are just racing and, and, and causing me the stress and it, I had to really pull back and recognize the symptoms of when I'm about to go into that mode when I'm about mm-hmm. to go into that almost like you can't even control it you can't mm-hmm. even control you know the the hyperventilating and the the, the, the heart palpitations and the, the it's, and it feels so real oh yeah and it, it luck you know praise god i have a wife who you know who says sean just calm down take a big breath mm-hmm. you know just 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 focus on me focus on my voice you know just hear hear me out you know like like in other words where i have somebody who's there to put me back in put me back together mm-hmm. and i think that's a lot of people don't have that and so therefore and they go into these modes and they don't know how to uh, cope and i think that that's kind of the same thing you're telling me is that you know i didn't have that until I was in my you know late 20s or the 30s and you're telling me that as a late teenager that you're having these circumstances and mm-hmm. i can't even imagine what i would have done back in the day uh because i, I know especially because i didn't grow up close to my parents mm-hmm. um you know I, I i really didn't start becoming close to my parents until i was literally in my mid-20s i barely talked to them and that's just that's just who my parents were uh it was always really easier to easier to talk to my dad than it was my mom but even then i didn't talk to him that much mm-hmm. um so i guess what i'm saying is is that you were surrounded by a support group group that really was would you say that that was one of the reasons the benefit that benefited you the most was that you had friends and family and loved ones who were lifting you up and put you know holding your arms up when you couldn't do it yourself um yeah i gotta give way more credit than i do to my best friend like she was the one person i think that helped me the most she was just so invested in like she she's very um she's very like in touch with like god and stuff and it really put me back on track because there for a while like when everything happened i was just like i kind of leaned more away from it Mm -hmm. and then uh me and her reconnected and it just kind of went up from there like she really helped me through a lot like a lot more than i gave her credit for Wow, and does she? Does she? Does she? Does she ever, have you ever told her that? Like, oh yeah, all the time. Right. And then she'll tell me she's like, you don't have to like express how right. much you you know like thank me. Like you don't have to thank me. And it's like I don't feel like I show her enough, you know, like appreciation for it. And she tells me that I do that I do, but I just feel like I don't because she's helped me so much. Well, there's probably somebody out there listening who's been like, I want to be that person. Like I know mm-hmm. when my best friends or my even my son or daughter or my 
sister, my brother, with somebody I know is going through and hearing Aaron said she's gone through. But I want to help them. What's the What's the best thing that your best friend did to you to help you? Pray for me. Just to yeah, just to pray. Pray for, you. for me. Pray with me. Make sure that I was praying and that I was you know like taking timeouts to focus on my needs rather than focus on everyone else's. Right. So it sounds like just being present with you. Mm-hmm. I She's mean, the most actively involved person in my life. So that, man, that's it's, it, you know, it's crazy that that seems so simple, but it also seems like one of the hardest things to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that's that's kind of the whole point is that when you are present with somebody and you're meeting somebody at their darkest time, you have to completely put yourself out of the equation like give all like put yourself out and it's all about them at that moment mm-hmm. like you'll have your moment to shine later on mm-hmm. but there but right now at that moment who the, the person who's vulnerable and who is who is who is who is in need the most it has to be completely all about them and i think that's kind of why the bible says to love our neighbor as ourselves, because we have to understand that ourselves and who we are and if we listen this way, a person who is not confident in and of themselves is not going to be able to put themselves away for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to be able to put ourselves away in order to help somebody else. And I had this conversation with her the other day. Uh, like I'd, I had apologized to her because um, I was sitting there and I was thinking, I was like, you know, there are times I, I notice where I just don't seem as interested in things that she tells me as she is when I tell her. And it just seems like I'm not as invested into things that she talks about as she is when I talk about things. And I just seem like I, I space off every now and then. Um, and I had apologized to her. And I was like, I just seemed like distracted. Like I've just been so distracted with things going on outside of our friendship, things that happen in my own life that I'm not giving you as much attention, I feel like, as you give me. And I apologize for that. And she... Didn't, she she told me she never she didn't really even notice, which kind of took me by surprise because it's like I I notice sometimes when I feel like I kind of spaced out in the conversation. Right. Like I'm always listening to her, but I'm not showing as much interest as I would in other points. And it was just because I was so like distracted by things going on in my own life that I would like sit there and take things that I hear from her and would compare it to my own situations. And I have to stop doing that. I have to completely invest in what she's talking about. And, um, after I had apologized to her for that. And I started, I started making the point to like, stop thinking about everything else. Focus on what she's talking about. Like, yeah, I'm always listening, but I need to like focus a lot more and it really has improved our friendship a lot more i feel like at least on my side because i I would i would not like to be the person who just doesn't reciprocate the same Mm -hmm. energy that she gives me because she's helped me through a lot and i would i would seriously just like to be the person that just puts her off because i was more emotionally involved in my own things and ever since i've uh stopped doing that and started focusing on her more i feel like it has improved and um i even went to a bunch of friends i fell off with not really like fell off but like we grew distant just because we stopped talking and i went to them and i even apologized for the same thing because it's like i feel like it was partially my fault because i was so like focused on things i was going through that i just didn't really care about what everybody else was going through wow well, the thing, I think what you said there is very important. I think you know, whenever when someone comes comes and tells me, "Hey, Sean, you talk a lot about going out and meeting new people and having conversations. I don't know how to do that." Well, you know the the 
the easiest way to talk to somebody else is to ask them about themselves mm-hmm. and, and, and to just take a genuine interest in them. Mm-hmm. And you can, man, that's, that's the best way to gain new friends. That's the best way to keep friends mm-hmm. is that, is that you just engage, you know, you, like I said, you put yourself aside so that somebody else can be center stage. I think that that's kind of the takeaway today. Cause we got to close here. I think that's kind of the takeaway to, from today is that, if if you know, even if you just sense that somebody you love is, is struggling, is going through a depression, is going through just just they're just different. I guess maybe real quick, give give our listeners, you know, if you want to give our listeners some some warning signs that in your mind would warrant them to be like, hey, you need to kind of take a look at this person, this friend, this family member. What are some signs that would show that they may need a little bit more attention and and and, and care? Um, I just say change in behavior, like if they don't seem as focused, if they're not really like interested in eating, things start to taste different to them. Um, if they're not sleeping or if they're sleeping too much, um, if they just don't feel as motivated or as energized, you know, like really like if they just don't seem like themselves in any way, Mm. just immediately like ask them, Hey, what's up? Like, are you okay? Like, and they're pro- sure. and, 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 and and be okay because they're probably not gonna tell you right up front. They're not gonna mm-hmm. be like, "Well, I'm glad you asked." You know, let me tell you what's going on in my head. And a lot of people say like, "I'm fine," but right. never accept "I'm fine" as like a genuine answer. Right. Like saying "I'm okay" is better than saying "I'm fine." But to say that "I'm fine," they may not want to talk about it, but just keep that in the back of your head. Like something is up. They may not feel comfortable talking to you about it first. But eventually you show them the right amount of attention. Right. You keep asking them. You're genuine about it. You want to make sure that they're okay. And don't get angry. Right. Yeah. You have to be very patient because and people like to bottle things up way more than they like to talk about it. Right. Um, so, you know, someone just says, like, I'm fine. Like, just take that as an answer but just kind of just kind of make keep your eye on that person make sure that it doesn't get worse and just make sure that you're there for them as much as you can be so that they know like I can lean on this person eventually and tell them what's going on. Right. And they also don't, don't take their problems on as your responsibility. Correct. I mean, regardless, even if it's your own child, you know, everyone has to walk through this life on their own terms mm-hmm. and it's not your job or my job to take care of somebody else. It's my job to take care of me. However, it's definitely my job to have invested interest in you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I can fix you. That doesn't mean I can change you. But it does mean that I can let you know with every single possibility that I'm here for you, that I care for you, that I love you, that I want to talk with you, that I'm going to be present with you in this life. You don't have to do it alone. And like you said earlier, I'm in your corner. Mm-hmm. So, all right, guys. Well, I, Aaron, I appreciate you coming by. This is incredible. <laughs> and, and guys, just, just really take this to heart. Just, you know, like you said, find yourself in somebody's corner. If there's somebody, even if they aren't showing signs of depression, maybe if they're just even slightly different, maybe they're just not who they have, you know, you've known them to be, you know, just maybe take a little extra step and just ask them, hey, how you doing? Hey, you hanging in there? Hey, you want to go out, you know, go get a, go grab something to eat, you know, or maybe go to a movie or just, you know, hey, you want to stay in tonight and make some popcorn, whatever it is, but just take a, a, some extra time and effort just to let them know that you're there, you're present, you care about them, and that will make the world difference. They may not come right out of their funk right away, but the more you keep pressing, the more you keep pushing on, the more you're patient and loving with them, then the better out, the better chance of a positive 
positive outcome. So awesome. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Appreciate yeah. you. And uh, until next time, God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo. Mm-hmm.